1: It's a good gym.
0: <laughs> oh my god, the music on this show! I was just listening. It's only on SoundCloud. I love the the themes of different shows. Of course, every episode, whatever
1: well, you, you've said, some like wild things about themes. I think like the mm. magicians. You have like very specific music lost. cues lost, lost yeah is the
0: other one hurt like Hurley's hand certain things <laughs> and I love the names of them I'm like because this one the, my two favorites from the finale episode of season four of Why No Earp which we're talking about finally <laughs> was home and Doc's leaving or something like fuck me up my dream is to pick music for a show
1: that I've said that for a really long time that if I could get any job in Hollywood as much as I would love to be a writer or director yeah music supervisor is the position I want
0: so I will just preface it first of all I just want to say, I don't care if this podcast is 18 hours long. It's not enough time. No. I'm stressed out already. I have so much to say. I became an earper in 2020. It was the best thing I ever did. It swallowed me up whole out of my depression and spat me out on the other side of it. It was amazing.
1: We were talking about this through text messages this week because I feel like you and I have a very interesting text relationship Sure. in the sense of like... There are periods where we text constantly every single day. And then there could be like weeks where we don't really say anything mm-hmm. outside of show note based yeah. stuff. This was one of the texts almost every single day as you were just like <laughs> piecing together your thoughts about what was going to happen. I'm so
0: stressed out, you guys <laughs> listeners. I'm fucking stressed.
1: But we were talking about like shows like this. I'm not saying that if you put on wine owner earp, it's gonna pull you out of your depression. Right. But like we all have those special shows that remind us of that. Yeah. time and how they helped us like for me it's scrubs mm-hmm. and like that 70s show yeah. and how i met your mother but like for you it's obviously like winona erp magicians. magicians yeah i would say jane the virgin was a Ooh. really big one where it was just like grabbed all of the sadness and gave you that distraction that you so badly needed. I mean,
0: mid-pandemic, going through a breakup, I was falling into this thing where I couldn't watch anything new because I needed comfort characters, right? I needed something I knew was going to bring joy. I couldn't risk it. And anytime I started something new, like I got through something, like I got through sweet magnolias or things that I'm like, this is cute. I can power through it. Yeah. But Winona Earp, I started watching right before season four dropped, and it literally just took me by storm. My brother in law had been telling me about it for forever, but I'm like, what is Winona Earp? Like, that that name itself isn't like a good pitch. You know what I mean? I'm like, what is that? And I feel like
1: I want to dig into the back catalog in one of the like pandemic episodes, because I think you bring it up that you started watching it, and it almost felt like you were like, Kinda lukewarm at the start, mm-hmm. and then somewhere around like the end of season one, beginning of season two, yeah, you were like off to the fucking races. You were like hardcore fans. Okay,
0: fans out there, this is what happened. I know exactly what he's talking about. It was like we record every week, right? So in the very beginning, no one takes my recommendations except Matt. I, I will exclude him from that narrative. But no one takes my recommendations. So I know not to just like dive right in. So I think I said something like, yeah, I'm watching the show Winona. This isn't a recommendation. I'm just saying I'm watching the show. Yeah. And then the next week, I remember being like, holy shit, you guys, I'm obsessed <laughs> with the show. It's out of control. And I think like this show is absolute magic to me for so many reasons, right? And I don't even know where to begin.
1: I guess we should let people know that if they're listening to this and they've never watched Winona Earp, this might be an episode to skip.
0: Well, uh, here, why don't we pitch Why don't herp for a pitch for anyone who hasn't seen it, right? So the reason I really love it and I stick with it, it's like science fiction rooted in truth, right? Because Wyatt Earp, Doc Holliday, O.K. Corral, they're all things that exist. So Wynonna Earp is the descendant of Wyatt Earp, and he is her great, great granddaddy. Yeah. And he was an old-timey gunslinger with Doc Holliday, famous. Again, he, it's real life truth. So he killed all these people. He got cursed by a witch. And now every Wyatt Earp heir, when they turn 27, they have to kill all the demons so that everyone he killed rises from hell and becomes a revenant or a demon. And the heir is responsible to kill them with Peacemaker, which is Wyatt Earp's gun. But it's the amazing science fiction of it all. I mean, even just in season four, we talked about it today. Like, I cannot believe in season four we got... A Cupid putting a spell on everybody episode where everyone's falling in love. A episode where the Herb sisters lose their memories and are just like fucking basically body swapped. And then a brain-eating Kuru trivia night episode all one. Like the genre of it all is so good. And I think people get stuck on season one because it is a it's setting the layout it's a bad guy of the week like some people don't like that and it stops after season one
1: it is very similar to buffy in the sense of like first season of buffy is it's fine but it is very much just monster of the week you're not really getting to love the characters the way that you do in later seasons in buffy and for me like i watch winona earp in the worst of possible ways I, I remember season four yeah because we were doing it week to week at that mm-hmm. point but like i watched most of the second season the weekend of my brother's wedding just like in a hotel room
0: this show has been one of the most rewarding shows to have done the work yeah i put in the work to become an erper when i tell you now i've seen this show five or six times all the way through i've consumed like 100 hours, and I'm not exaggerating, of supplemental content, whether it's the hundreds of panels that are on YouTube or shout out to Kevin and Bonnie of the Tales of Black Badge podcast. I listen to basically all of those and they have like all the actors and actresses and all and and where I first went wrong, right? This is where I went wrong (laughs) is I fell in love with the people who make the show and that's what it is. Like The people who make the show top to bottom love this show to death too and they love the fans. I read a tweet that was like, the difference between this show and all the other shows is that this show loves us back. Yeah. And season 4 was a complete love letter to the fans. Like the Urpers fought like hell to get a season 4. It was it was quote unquote canceled because the production company didn't have the money for it and they fought like hell and I just want to say thank you because I wasn't in the fandom during that part. When I joined the fandom, season 4 was about to air and I I would have been so devastated <laughs> like I am now that it's canceled quote unquote I'm still holding out for a season five or a movie or something
1: but you did get a good ending
0: oh my god I can't wait till we get yeah we'll it. get
1: there but like there are shows where you don't even get the satisfying ending. It just like cuts off mid storyline oh, yeah. cliff. Like,
0: well, could you imagine if we left off with Doc and Waverly going into the garden and then <laughs> yeah. just being like, peace out? Yeah. Winona drugs everybody's whiskey and it's like, peace.
1: Wouldn't be the first or last time that a show ends like that. That would though. be a
0: crime against humanity. Oh, I know. But it happens. I know. This is the weird thing. Like, I know Emily Andrus is a showrunner, I know all the writers. I literally, from season one, episode one to season four, episode 12, 12, every time I watch it, I look up who's the writer who's, because I want to see like similarities in episodes they write. They're comedy being like, oh, this person wrote it. There's probably going to be some really good one-liners or whatever. There's always so, good one-liners. So let me ask you owner. a question. Sure. Are
1: there other shows in your past that you've been that obsessed with? Or is it pretty much just the magicians in this one where you've like memorized writers and okay, directors? Okay,
0: so this is the most I've ever dove into. When I tell you that when 411 aired, the penultimate, I was in a wedding. Saturday was a wedding. Obviously, it aired on Friday night. I told the girl I was staying with in the hotel, my best friend, I said, you're not in this hotel room from 10 to 11. Like, you're just not in here. Make yourself scarce because I'm watching this. I had to watch it on my laptop live stream for my parents fucking Comcast account because on my laptop because... The hotel didn't have sci-fi and I was like, motherfuckers, I am not because the live tweeting and everything like the whole cast live tweets. My Twitter is now a Winona Earp fan account. (laughs) Like I only like anyone who follows me. That's my friends because I didn't make a Winona Earp fan account like most people do because they're obsessive about it. I just use my own damn Twitter. I don't fucking care. So all my followers are like, what is she doing? Because I'm just retweeting way hot gifts.
1: Kathleen has lost her mind.
0: Right. So I think for me, like I have an obsessive personality of addictive personality. So I think 2017 was the year that I became obsessed. Like it started when I watched Supergirl. I was really fucking obsessed with that. And then I got into all the Arrowverse stuff, Flash. And, and I was full in. I mean, going to cons, stuff on my wall, like everything. But not to the point of writers. Then I got into the hundred. I think the hundred is probably the closest. The, the closest because it happens when you binge a lot at once. Like I would say the magicians is obviously a top show for me. If not, honestly, it's crazy. Cause I always say number one, but oh, it is, might. Oh, it no. is it's just like the whole experience of this was do fucking you, incredible. I
1: mean, it's also though
0: recency bias.
1: I do think that there is a recency bias. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing as like when you hear your favorite band's new album, and you're just like, best thing they've ever put out. And then like five years later, you're like, no, no, no. That album that I've always loved is definitely I their best. I
0: think Earp and The Magicians would shake hands and say, you're great.
1: Yeah. No, I, I mean.
0: <laughs> if they could meet each other. Honestly,
1: of like your top three, like Grey's is the, the one that like doesn't match.
0: Like it's, I know. Like it's, it's, it's very tough. weird. I, it's but- hard for me. Grey's Anatomy was always my top show. But I've just, as I've grown older, and I really just appreciate these...
1: uh, I think it's just growing up with you. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Diving into this show on, like, a molecular level has been just, like, the joy. And it's really, like, honestly fulfilling. Like, I feel like I can't have this conversation with people because they don't get it. I know you, you do get it, but it's, like... I'm watching these panels and like Melanie and Dominique and Kat, like they're so thoughtful with their responses. They're so funny in real life and they love the show. And even like something like um, Dominique was on the Tales of the Black Badge podcast. It's literally episode 125. I memorized it because I've listened to it like 10 times. And she's able to talk about the Jolene episode because it was after season three and they dive into depression and all this stuff. And it's just, it's a comfort podcast for me because I just relate so much and she's so intelligent and sweet about it. And I'm just like, God damn it. I love these people so much. And you
1: want the people in your shows to like the show. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And like Scrubs is my favorite show and I enjoy, I'm glad that there is a Scrubs podcast. Yeah. I don't love the Scrubs podcast. It's fine. Yeah. But- Listening to Zach Braff and Donald Faison just sincerely be fans of this show that they did. Mm -hmm. This is two people who legitimately love each other. So when they're playing these characters that love each other, there's not even acting happening anymore. Mm -hmm. Even with me not knowing the whole backstory, when I rewatch some of these episodes of Winona Earp, especially in the later years, it's like, oh, these people fucking love each other.
0: We both know this is a fact of life that it is absolutely crucial for a cast to love each other and have chemistry for a show to go from good to great or even fantastic you can have the best writers
1: in the world but like it's hard when you watch stuff I mean there are exceptions like the exception that I always think of is something like Dirty Dancing right like like Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey hated each other like the scene where they do that like really sexy dance with each other Mm -hmm. they apparently were Fuck. not on speaking terms while shooting that They're scene. Like,
0: fuck you. Yeah, like it
1: was like, like there are people who can pull it out but yeah. you also hear these stories of like, oh yeah, this star and this star hate each other and you watch the show and you're like, yeah, they really don't like each other that much.
0: Yeah, and that's a shame but now that like Bingetown had a couple of the cast members of the 100 on to, to interview and I've interviewed a few from the magicians now and they just can't stop talking about how amazing the other cast yeah. members are and and even so, it's like, it makes sense that the show's I love, the cast members all fucking love each other. And
1: But I think it even makes sense, you know, you and I, neither one of us would call our, ourselves actors, but <laughs> Fuck no. I would say even as podcasters, oh, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, of course. Like, I have so much respect for you Mm -hmm. as a podcaster I have so much respect for the binge town people as a podcaster I have respect for Julie as a podcaster and I do feel that you have respect towards me as a podcaster as well and totally I mean that's kind of like our I've also met podcasters where I'm like you're a dick yeah like I don't want to deal with them Mm -hmm. and that's the closest I'll ever come to like understanding that like group effort in a set but like especially being all part of one network like being under that geekscape banner where you know having jonathan bring bingetown on the show yes. having him bring femme fatale on the show mm-hmm. having us bring someone from femme like sure having like that constant you know we're all kind of swimming in the pool together
0: mm-hmm. i'm gonna bring us back to winona please um, do so uh, one of the best parts of the show is that it's female centric, right? Yep. I mean, the guys on the show are incredible too. It's s- extremely feminist down to the boys, but this show is about the girls, right? Yep. Everyone in town, even Doc, like the boys know the assignment. And the ins- assignment is Winona and Waverly and Nicole. Yeah. <laughs> Melanie Scrifano was pregnant in season two. Yeah. And the idea that sci fi and IDW and everyone took a chance and was like, okay, We're going to write the pregnancy into the show. Like, I don't know this for a fact, but I would assume they barely got a season two. I mean, it's like, this show doesn't have a gigantic fan base, obviously, but it has a fucking loyal one. It has a strong one. one.
1: It has a strong and loud one. Sci-fi very much seems like as long as we can afford to make this show happen, we're going to make this show happen if the fans are there They
0: renewed it it for four and five, but they just don't have the money, which sucks. And we'll get to how perfect the end of four was in general. But yeah, I just like, I've seen Melanie cry on almost every panel talking about how It was unheard of to say, okay, we're going to write this in. Obviously, there's other shows where they write a pregnancy in. Magicians, Stella Maeve, was pregnant in But a lot of the time, they
1: just make them stand behind things and try to block it out. they wrote it in.
0: And Melanie was literally in fights and still crazy chick with the gun, whiskey soaked and reckless, minus the whiskey. Yeah. They wrote her exactly as she would have been. It's just she's pregnant and she's not drinking. There's still an amazing fight scene where her and Waverly are trained and Waverly has like the two uh, like nunchuck type things, and and Melanie like belly bumps her and still kicks the shit out of her. Basically, and like that's, it's incredible. That's
1: very to me, I'm like that's something that's so powerful, mm-hmm. right? Because like I have always considered myself a feminist man.
0: I can can confirm.
1: My entire life, you know, there's been the debate of a female president. Like we finally have a female VP, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And like the amount of ignorant bullshit that's like, well, what is a woman going to do if she's pregnant or if it's, you know, like there's always some sexist bullshit.
0: She's going to throw off the nukes if she's on her period. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like,
1: (laughs) so to have a show where it's like, yo, I can be pregnant and be the exact same fucking badass that I am. Mm -hmm. Like, that is such a powerful statement. That's the stuff that I really think Winona Earp, it's saying something without having to even say it yeah you're just seeing it
0: mm-hmm. I
1: I mean I've said this a million times but I, I really do thank you because you've gotten me through this pandemic with a lot of really great show recommendations and I know we've got to dive into season four because like Winona Earp at the start when I watched it it was kind of like I liked it I wasn't in love with it yeah. in the same way of like I got into Jane the Virgin I got into the Magicians. yeah but when season four happened mm-hmm. and Having almost like a water cooler conversation with you of being able to like, you would watch it on Friday or Sunday. I think sometimes it was Sunday
0: for four A and then Friday yeah. for four B. Yeah. So
1: I would download it the following day mm-hmm. and watch it, and then we would just text. About I was like it.
0: waiting for your text to to text me just like the one liners. Yeah, like, like, and
1: like I legitimately the, the penultimate episode was nowhere to be found for so long, and I was getting upset. Yeah, like I think I was texting you. I felt bad because you were at a wedding. Y- so oh. it wasn't like you were going to be able to respond anyway, but I think I was texting him I was like, I don't know what's going on. Did it even air? Yeah.
0: <laughs> so let me just tell you uh, just a quick little anecdote. I'm at this wedding. I'm at the rehearsal dinner and I keep telling people, we got to get back to the hotel by 10 o'clock. This bitch is in her room. <laughs> and I kept saying when and Earp. Everyone randomly was like, what the fuck is that? And mind you, the entire bridal party is my best friends. Like it's one of my best friends getting married. I was sharing a hotel room with my other best friend. It's like, whatever. <laughs> Bridget, who I was sharing a room with, I kept having to hear about. It. so the next day one of the other bridesmaids watched it so we were talking about it people would come over and be like what is it what is it? on the last time someone goes can you explain it to me I started pitching it and Bridget walked up and just immediately turned right around and walked away And it was like the <laughs> funniest thing is like this bitch cannot hear me talk about it anymore I'm a walking advertisement
1: I feel like this Winona Earp episode is also like hey this is an episode about why Matt and Kathleen get along so well yeah have you had moments like this where you are like I know that I have talked about this thing so much to this person. Oh, my God, yeah. And it probably is driving them crazy, but I need to, like, express... Yeah. Like, I don't think they're getting how important this is to me.
0: I am. We'll, we're just about to get into why this show is so fucking amazing. But, yeah, I'm like... And you get it because you're a TV. Pr- First of all, people are inferior if they can't understand the like connection to a TV show oh, and sure. how how much I've learned from this TV show. And they laugh when I say that, but I'm like, you don't understand.
1: No, because you- and
0: you're inferior for it. <laughs>
1: the the thing is, I mean, you've got Wynton and magicians. Like I said, my examples are always going to come from Scrubs. But like, there are episodes of Scrubs and How I Met Your Mother that i can point to to express an emotion that i don't know how to verbalize. Exactly. Yeah. I have a friend whose relationship is in a really shitty place. Mm-hmm. And i was watching an episode of scrubs and i just texted her and was like, "Hey, i know this is sounds insane, but like go on Hulu and watch season 4 episode 20,
0: minute 27." Yeah,
1: but it was just like <laughs> yeah. i was like, "I know that this is weird. I don't know how to tell you mm-hmm. what i think you should do, but i think that this episode We'll do it. And I mean, I think of what Joe did.
0: I was just going to say that. Yeah.
1: Therapy through television shows, mm-hmm. having people come and tell you like, this is what I'm struggling with. And it's like, well, then try watching this episode. Like, yeah, it and just TV's works just
0: getting so much better. And oh,
1: it's the, we're in the best age of television. Oh, my
0: God. And OK, I just want to talk about like why I love the show and connect with it so much. Yeah. So one, I said this to you recently where I'm like, I didn't know how much I want it to see myself in a show. I love all TV. I'm obsessed with all of it. I enjoy the differences, right? Like I love anything that's opposite of me because I need to learn about that stuff too. But this in so many weird different ways made me go, holy fuck, I am connecting with this on another level. So we'll start with Winona. Like she is just this, flawed but like hilarious and misunderstood so broken so broken and i'm not i wouldn't say that i'm anywhere near that level but i get it and and melanie scrifano says like she's so much like winona and i saw this i i might misquote it but basically it was a, very early on her and shamir anderson who plays dolls were at a, a con table and she, melanie is just like crying and being like When I was growing up, or even early on in my career, like people told me, like people don't like it when girls are funny. People don't like it when girls are this or that. And it's like, fuck you, dude! Don't like tell me to smile here, and don't tell me I can't curse because it's this. Like I feel that on like a deep, deep level where I'm just like. An unfiltered, I try to live as unapologetically myself as I can. And sometimes I feel like I'm just being a wacko and nobody gets me. And so this show is so beyond fucking weird that I'm like, there are people. And Emily Andrus, when she launched season one, she's like, I'm scared to death. Nobody's going to get this. Yeah. And it's not for everybody. But the people that do love it are like, I am seen. Yeah. And that's one thing. Like the way hot, like all the representation at uh, that relationship has scarred me for life because I am will never settle.
1: No, <laughs> uh, I, I think that. And, and you and I had that text message. Yeah. As well. At one point where it's just like, I deserve. <laughs> yes. I deserve to be with someone. <laughs> Who loves me as much as
0: they love each? They love each other. Yeah, I know, but I don't think it's. I I think the beauty of WayHot is one. Okay, on the representation side, right? They are the flagship relationship of the show, hands down. Winona and Doc are amazing too, but they're so on and off.
1: They're B plot characters in their story for
0: relationship wise. I mean, Nicole and Waverly are. Everything okay, so the barrier gaze trope when season one was dropped, it was coming out right after Lexa died on The 100, which was like, bury me, bury okay. me. I, I didn't sleep for a week after I watched <laughs> that episode. I was devastated. So Clark and Lexa were an LGBTQ couple on The 100. And anyone who's listening to this obviously knows this, but I'll tell Matt <laughs> if he doesn't know. So like lexicons that was her ship name, were created in Vegas. That was like strictly These LGBTQ. <laughs> I know. are amazing. I know, it is amazing. So it was airing right after that. But when they were writing season one and shooting it, it hadn't happened yet. So it's not like they were like, okay, we can't bury our gays. Like Emily Andrus wrote on Lost Girl, which was also like, Bo is a bisexual succubus on that too. So she's very well equipped to write for this. And Nicole gets shot in the finale and was wearing a bulletproof vest. Right. And it was like, a fuck you to the bury your gays trope. And Emily Andrews actually came out and was like, they're not going to die. I'm just telling you, like this is an insane statement, but I'm not going to bury the gays. And it's so amazing because after season four, everyone was hashtagging like marry your gays, which is just the fucking best.
1: I mean, that's the thing, right? Like that's the whole point of where we're at now. Yeah. I think I talked about this on another episode, but there's a great documentary called the celluloid closet. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting because you're watching that documentary, which was made in the early nineties. and, at the end of the day, like what they're talking about in that documentary is representation by any means necessary. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, does it suck that anytime that there's a gay character in a TV show, they're either a villain, they're a sassy friend, or they're dying of AIDS. Or
0: just there yeah. to to move the yeah. main character story along. But yeah.
1: but they're like, you know what, like representation by by any means possible right now. Yeah. And like now we have this point where there are so many shows where like a character is gay and it is not a plot point it's it's just that's who they are Mm -hmm. and like seeing stuff like zoe's which you and i both adore as well like having a character like mo that they're just gender fluid and that's their thing Mm -hmm. like seeing stuff like that seeing the fact that we've gotten to this point where like that's not what it's about anymore yeah and that we will actively speak out against like burying the gaze mm-hmm. representation by any means necessary. Yeah. Like that is not appropriate. Anymore. No, no. Like we're, we're well past that.
0: And the beauty of way is that, none of the struggles they go through are because they're gay. No. The struggles are just basic, like, oh, fuck, there's a demon. Oh, fuck, I'm not an her And she she didn't tell me. Like, shit like that, which is amazing. Season four also had a bunch of really cool things where, like, in the Cupid episode, he was pansexual. So when Waverly asked him about who, who he was so heartbreaking on, she was like, she says, there. And and then later on, Bunny Loblaw, played by Jan Arden, amazing, was like, bi lesbians. And Nicole was like, Waverly's bisexual and they do a call out later and they, they do a lot of cool stuff that it's like labels matter. But how, yeah. how people identify matters. Yeah, and your
1: pronouns are important. Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, I mean, I'm saying that I'm striving and I won't settle, but it's not like, Over the top, crazy. No, it's just knowing your worth. Yeah, it's just love. It's not like they're shoving it in your face so much that it's like that's unattainable. It's like that's a real love. Like when when the cupid guy, Dimitri, I think his name was, looks at her and it's like, I chose you because I've never seen people in love like this.
1: Yeah, and ever. And that's like the stuff where sitcoms kind of struggle with that, obviously. Whereas this show doesn't. Like I think How I Met Your Mother did something similar, where like. Even when they break up, there's never a point where you have any doubt that Marshall and Lily are like oh, destined to be yeah. together. But I think that what I liked about Way Hot, what I like about Marshall and Lily is that they are very healthy relationships but they're realistic there are arguments there are disagreements Mm -hmm. there are tough times
0: they do get sucked up into the garden of Eden. yeah yeah
1: exactly (laughs) the the thing that's toxic is when you basically show a couple that just like they meet they both fall madly in love right away they both know that they're destined to be together and they never fight
0: or the uh, the opposite (laughs) of a bad show is when you know they're gonna end up together, but they just throw a wrench to throw a wrench, yeah. and they keep them together for x or apart for x amount of episodes just for angst. Yeah, and I fucking hate that.
1: But the Doc Winona one, well, we gotta get into yeah, season four. We do. But like that one, <laughs> that one works in a way of like, yo, know, there's like a 200 year age gap between it us. It is
0: honestly <laughs> out of control that we never. <laughs> wait, I have a question for you. Totally unrelated, related to love. Do vampires eat people? When they were stuck in the cell, they kept saying, "Can I eat her? Don't eat her." I'm like, "It's really just sucking the blood, right? You're not eating that person." I I mean, he is a horror movie pro, so this is coming from the Yeah. Goat.
1: I mean, <laughs> I think that you can play around with the format however you want, but like you could say in the sense of like in Evil Dead, they talk about like I'll swallow your soul, yeah. like I'll, like it could be more like not so much cannibal as like just eating their essence taking uh-huh. taking their life from them sure. for, for nutrients
0: mm-hmm. I was like doc just lick it up off the floor <laughs> there's so much blood on the floor just lick it up <laughs> that was a really good scene I love when Mercedes is like I, I give content Now go and suck me off already yeah, oh my know? god <laughs> so good hurry up and suck me off but she talk about just a utility player first of all Mercedes went from okay let's see she was introduced as a Real estate agent. Yep. Then she got her face ripped off and stolen and she was Merce- widow Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Then she became long white hair goddess, still a widow, evil Mercedes got murdered then the next season they brought her back with bandages and then fixed her face and then she became Bullchar's motherfucking wife so funny then they open it up and she uh, had to take care of a hurt Nedley and then was with Kate and then when they come back after the hiatus she is a fake vampire at the uh, glory hole and then at the end she gets turned into a real, real vampire.
1: vampire let's dive into season
0: four before we do that I just want to say one thing the show is so good and it might not be the most high budget show and but the thing it has is the relationships and as long as you have the relationships like the Earp sister relationship is the greatest thing many
1: tears because of, I think more tears because of Winona and Waverly yeah. than any other relationship in and, the show and I don't
0: know if you know this the seventh episode of every season is always dubbed like a um, Nicole and Winona episode, like a uh, why not? Is there sh- uh, ship name <laughs> or <laughs> friendship name? But the, their relationship's amazing. Jeremy and Waverly, Jeremy and Doc. But the Herb sisters are incredible. And I have moments before we dive into four. I just want to say there are certain moments, like when Winona finds out she's pregnant, and then the time jump, and she gets the I'm all in no from Doc is fucking incredible. And that's a Herb sister moment. Really, the season two finale is out of control. Mel had the baby like three days later, which is seriously insane. She is yeah. such a badass. Season three, when Winona tells Doc he can't come in the house because he's a vampire, and they're like sobbing on the front porch, yelling at each other, is just—I can like feel the vibrational chemistry coming off of them when I watch them. We'll dive into all the different ones in season four, but the one thing that they all in co- have in common is that Melody Scorfano is really good
1: she's very good in
0: this she's gonna have an incredible career i'm
1: all of them deserve an incredible career but she something is wrong in this world if she doesn't
0: (laughs) i'm so excited (laughs) all right finally season 4a and 4b felt like almost like the magicians to me where it felt like two different seasons right like the magicians led up to the apocalypse at the end of season or episode six and then a whole nother issue basically in the second half right I think for A, you're really dealing with, okay, where is everyone at after season three? Half of us are in the garden, half are left alone. There's that crazy time jump, but it's a lot of like still high stakes. The three episodes I really want to talk about, I think were season four, episode two is... My favorite episode. It's really hard to definitively say that after 4B because there are so many incredible ones. Um, But the finale is perfection. I was going
1: to say, you wanted two, the finale, and the Halloween episode.
0: Yes, those are the best. Since you binge seasons one, two, and three really quickly... And came into four and four is what you really paid attention to. What are your general thoughts? Like, how did, what did you think as like, not you're a fan, but not like me obsessively. Yeah, fan.
1: no, I don't think I would ever be you, but. Um, <laughs> Who could be? But I do have my shows where I am you. Yeah. I mean, like we, we just did Veronica Mars, which was like for me during the pandemic that Veronica Mars was very much like my. Yeah. Winona not where sure. it just like pulled me in. When I watched it, I really got drawn into, again, the stuff that I kind of missed, there was quotes and stuff that but like season four I was like the writing in this is really tight. Mm -hmm. The characters are really funny. They're all really well fleshed out. None of them feel like a carbon copy of another character. They're all totally their own unique pieces. I don't know if I necessarily love this episode or I just have very fond memories of um I think you said it was episode six, the frog episode. Yeah. I remember watching that episode on Monday. I'm like at my house. I'm literally making a cup of tea with my laptop next to the teapot watching this episode, and then the dogs needed to go out, and I paused it and walked outside, and a frog was sitting outside. Yeah, And I texted you a picture and just said, Winona, with a question mark. <laughs> that episode, I just have very vivid memories of watching, so that's always going to stand out for me. Yeah. The Halloween episode, I think it's a legitimate bummer that that episode didn't get to air in October. Yeah. Because... It is one of the best Halloween <laughs> episodes of any series. Talk
0: about comedy chops! Dominique as Waverly and Mel as fucking Winona, and then basically being the opposite. Like yeah. they they take on each other's personalities and they do not have the weight of everything that's happened to them in the past few years and all all the curse and everything. Just the goofiness. Like, when Waverly's like, don't step on my nuts, man. I'm off duty. <laughs> I'm like, th- there's so many fucks in that. Oh, first of all, Winona for season four moved to the 10 o'clock time slot, so they got that mature rating, and it... Benefited from it, which is why the show could never be on the CW. Like that. That's why the live tweeting is so good. I feel like there's a scene where, uh, in that episode where Winona and Waverly are, are, are with Eamon and they're getting into the final costumes of the episode and they're like, fuck it up, fuck it up, and like saying random shit. And then even the behind the scenes stuff, it's like, we had so much fun. I've never had that much fun in my life, basically, yeah. than shooting that episode and chili cook off Casey's in that. P.S. Dance like no one's watching. (laughs) Just so fucking funny.
1: The other thing with the Halloween episode, and this is like, this is obviously where like the Kathleen and Matt divide truly is, is like when you think of the Halloween episode, you think of the Winona Waverly body switch type situation, where for me, I think of like, Yo, that is the best fucking monster they have ever. Dude, that pumpkin, Pumpkin Jack Jack, is so, he looks amazing.
0: And it's a girl who's playing it, which is amazing. I
1: think I texted you and was like, I would watch a feature length film franchise about this character. (laughs) It's so good. Like, as a horror movie fan, it is one of the most interesting and fleshed out like mm-hmm. creature stories yeah. I've seen. Okay,
0: we'll, we'll get to that moving in, but I want to briefly hit on episode one because I loved the garden. Yes. It was just not what I expected at all. Like that's just like jarring snowy, the stone structures. It was
1: beautiful. It it's was a beautiful like set design.
0: Apparently just like negative a billion degrees outside too. I,
1: I could imagine They that suffer that through, I mean that's Canada. That's
0: why 4B was so earned I feel like that they got summer in Calgary to shoot that because it was a gorgeous change like it it led to even changes in their characters I feel like just yeah. the weather change in that wedding
1: 4B was perfect like 4B I was literally perfect like 4A was fun and yeah. obviously I have the like I said the live tweet memories after the fact of yeah. messaging you but like 4B, B, I think it was like within the first five minutes of every episode, I was just like, yo,
0: I mean, <laughs> like- I wish you could see me sitting in my bed door locked, just like smiles touching my ears or crying, <laughs> whichever lent me to either way. I was either crying or smiling or both. It was such an event. It was one of those things where I'd rather watch alone and live tweet with all the super fans than sit with somebody who's just fair weather fan and like them not understand it. And me get me just be like, ah, season four was absolutely a love letter to the fans. And I want to ask you a question, but it's just like they knew how the the fans spent all this money to get billboards in Times Square. Like that is incredible. Like uh, billboards all over the place, but Times Square that is fucking insane. So there were so many fan nods. There's like that's what the beauty of like digging into all the panels and knowing all like the jokes in the fandom and, and even watching so many times that you understand all the nods to previous seasons and yeah. like Easter eggs and shit like that. It's just the best. I mean, the first thing they open with in, ep- in episode one of season four is Nedley's like, I feel like I've been standing here for two years. Like, it's yeah. like there's a nod that anyone who binges it right now won't understand that joke. You know yeah. what I mean? So when I want to watch it with someone and be like, this is this and that and this and that. It's like, <laughs> this is amazing. But yeah, I'd like to dive into... Episode two because it's the fucking best. Yeah, you love this episode. I was stunned by season by episode two. It was so fucking funny, but so emotional at the same time. Like all the reunions and everything.
1: It has a little bit of everything. Like if you were to show someone a single episode where like they might not get the context, but they'd get like what is the tone of the show. Yeah. Like it captures. The high concept sci-fi nature of it. Yeah, it captures the witty dialogue and it captures the sexiness yeah. because that ending, boy. So
0: I would like to say four A is like Caparelle's half of the season. Yeah. She she was incredible. She had just fallen through the grade at the end of episode one. So and then we see quote unquote her in the garden naked, right? Like yeah. Doc Caesar and is like. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> Just amazing. <laughs> so she's she's in three places at once really. She is at the BBD Blacklight with Rachel who is a great addition. I I would have loved to see who was writing the lines for Rachel? Because I feel like they nailed her as a Gen Zer. Like, yeah. I'm like, who's is, who is writing these amazing lines? I love yeah, it. it. It was
1: like the writer's teenage daughter. Yeah, like, they, right? did, they did nail her character. Like She
0: was such a good breath of fresh air. There's a few that stick out to me. Like, my butcher this line. Like, first of all, when they're intro to Rachel and Nicole, like, bops her with the butt of a gun and she's just like, congratulations hot you cold cocktail cast member little women and then she's like i hope you got and then rachel's like i hope you guys are super dupes for get- feel super dupes for getting the jump on me and then there's a scene later where nicole is hurt and they're trying to get to her this is in episode two and i love this so much because the promo for season four started with winona being like my celestial sister my vampire baby daddy my hot cop like it was like this really like Ethereal, like sounding thing, and so she kind of says that to Rachel, like, "We're not losing anybody else." Blah blah blah, and then and then Rachel just looks at her and goes, "Your life is wild, and girl, like, <laughs> it, she is all of us." Like, it's so funny. Like, I feel like you're breaking the fourth wall when Winona's kind of like walking through who all the characters are, and this girl's just like, "What the fuck?"
1: I, but I mean, it's so easy to love those types of characters. Oh my,
0: they're the best. Like, there's a part where she says she looks at Doc and she's like, "Are there any olds around here? Can you just give me a straight fucking answer, like." <laughs> <laughs> Any Olds is so funny. Like she's, they're acting like they're all like sixty years old, although Doc is one million years old.
1: Well, I texted you my favorite stupid pun in this episode. Uh-huh. Oh, it's a clona. It's why clona. Why
0: clona? <laughs> well, on my second rewatch of the, of season four, I had just finished Orphan Black, so I didn't um appreciate it in the first one. But she, but she says why clona, and then she says, Jesus, orphan whack, take a all and a nap. <laughs> Anyone who watches Orphan Black knows it's a show about clones. Which is amazing. Like, it's so fucking funny. There's so many good, funny, really like comedic sequences in this. So, w- when Winona's lacking oxygen, when they're walking, th- quietly walking through the zombies in like the hazmat suits, and she's just like, Hi, mute aunt, but where's my mute uncle? And she's just like, so, It's like <laughs> the jokes are so stupid, but it she's performing them so. And, and then she's like, That line
1: made me laugh out loud. And I was like, I shouldn't, I should be ashamed of myself. Oh,
0: it's so dumb. And then <laughs> like- she's like, I might butcher all these because I didn't actually write them down, but she's like, I don't ever half-ass it. I ass in a half it. And so it's like, Nicole's just like, what is happening? And she's like, <laughs> she's like, I wasn't getting no oxygen. None. And it's just, it really lends to just Melanie Scarfano's comedic timing and how she reads something on the script and does it in real life. She's, everyone I've seen talk about her is like, she is, gives 1000% every time she's always locked in she's never half-assing it for a lack of better term
1: there's a lot of lines that literally said by anyone else would not have worked
0: exactly the second really funny thing is when Winona it it goes to find Doc in the garden when she finally gets to the garden and they're like fist fighting and he's not believing that it's her and there's so many good lines where he's just like stop impersonating the woman that I care deeply for. And she's like, well, it's still um, the emotionally constipated doc. Um, But I really like when he's like, you're a fraud and a harlot. And she's like, that's your favorite thing about me. (laughs) But the best is when she says Dollywood. And they're like, for when private time gets a little too Honky tonk, and I'm like, oh my god, it's perfect. I think what we lack in in this series is a Doc and Winona sex scene. Like we never got f- no their relationship in like in, a peak.
1: And like it's almost to detriment with the show. And I hate saying it like this, but like the fact that we get like Winona and Doc getting together after the way hot wedding, yeah just wasn't nearly as invested in that relationship like i was so much more invested in the way that's relationship
0: you mean the whole time, or in that finale in
1: that finale oh
0: my god that's so insane because i was gonna say this is the only episode the only one where i was not more invested but as invested and i thought their performance i was like are they gonna get together or what like i knew way hot was in the bag i knew it i we had it in the bag the whole point leading up to it was like, this is the how wedding. This is for you fans. Fuck yeah, we're doing it. So I was like, that's fine. But let's go, Doc. I went in and get your shit together. And when he was like, I'm leaving, I was like, oh my
1: God. I think for me, it was just like, I mean, the classic, the again, the will they, won't they mm-hmm. of sitcoms. I just was kind of like, yeah, but you haven't really told the will they won't they story for a couple episodes. Like it just kinda felt like, oh fuck, it's the last episode. We gotta tie this one up.
0: You know, as I rewatch it, you really see the love that Doc has for Winona and vice versa, but like she is his girl. She yeah. is right off the bat, it was it was there and in the 4B teaser trailer, they overlay his, his narrative and he's like, I'm not ready to lose my greatest love of all. And I was like, I cannot wait to hear where he says that. And I loved that he said it to Casey and then he was like, the Earp sisters, both of them. Because yeah. then at the very end when they finally do say I love you to each other, I love Wynona's like, I love your butt and your mustache and your draw. And she's like, I love the way you love my sister. Yeah. Cause the, Herb important. Sister, it's that so is... important family and friends. Like yeah. it ha- they have to be able to mold. They have yeah. to,
1: that was my favorite line out of that whole thing. It's mm. her saying, I love the way you love my sister.
0: Oh yeah. And they do that really well in the show. Like, I don't know if you notice this in your one watch, but Waverly doesn't say I love you to Nicole until the season three finale. And they have been dating like the first way hot kiss on the couch was th- the ninth episode of season one. And they were pretty much on the rest. Yeah. There is one scene in the finale of one right before Nicole gets shot where she looks at Wynona and says, I love her. But it's like out of earshot. It's like, it's like a widely asked question. I feel like it's like, was that, did Nicole hear her say that? Yeah but she doesn't say it to Nicole ever and Nia, and Wynona does obviously doesn't say it until that until the season 4 finale and it's just like really interesting cuz you would think Waverly would be like and she is every other thing about her is all in but she doesn't ever say I love you to her and it's just like some emotionally stunted thing like people left her her whole life type thing
1: saying i love you is one of those really weird things where i feel like people either fall into say it too much or don't say it enough i'm the like, say it too much person. i'm same yeah. oh i i pretty much from the first time i meet someone i know that i love them yeah, and like the
0: same damn way. and then
1: i just need to tell them as <laughs> like often as i possibly can yeah. but yeah. like i think that that's i get i've also been friends with those people where it's like it don't come easy.
0: Yeah, I want to get into just why Wino- why whole backstory. Once yeah. I, I have like a few more things for four A. So just specifically in this episode, I've never connected more to a funny like one liner than this. It's Eve, Jeremy. So Eve is inside Jeremy and like messing with Doc. And he's like, there is so much useless pop culture knowledge in this thing. And Doc <laughs> like pushes up against it. It's like, it is not useless. It shows he has passion. And yeah. I'm like, that is me. So that is like, I if think somebody... we both
1: un- thought that about each other. Yeah, when like, we like if somebody
0: understood me like that, I'd be like, you get me. Yeah. Like Doc sticking up for Jeremy to a fake Jeremy. So it's like, fuck you. Like literally pinning him up against the wall being like, how... Hey, dare you say that about my friend yeah their friendship is so fucking good because i mean people say he's bisexual too there's a lot of good bisexual lighting in this show especially in the glory hole and like certain things so for like waverly or doc because it joked the whole time that doc and wyatt were like banging basically i don't know they're banging but even Eamon and doc was a lot of like in the episode where nicole burns like lights a fire in the homestead he's like i don't know the size of Amon's like uh, like gets all flustered about yeah. it because they obviously flirt like Doc and Amon and I was just like I really fucking love that and but like. Doc is just very comfortable with himself and, and took Jeremy right like you would think a, a guy that was stuck in a well for 150 years would like meet this gay kid and be like, What the fuck? He's like whatever, but they just fell in love right away as yeah. friends. Oh, and Jeremy's
1: so good. He
0: was such a necessary addition. It, he was perfection addition. He's so funny and honestly just like great for the plot. Like we yeah. need like this really funny and also really smart guy. The last thing to talk about you can't glaze over it is the sex scene. Which just stopped me in my fucking tracks. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I didn't breathe for a minute, a full minute. My top five songs of 2020 were Ghost by Adeline, Write My Story was the second one, which is the cheerleading Waverly song. <laughs> and my fifth song was Tell That Devil, which is obviously the theme. So it's like, tell me you love Owner Earp without telling me you love yeah, Wynonna Earp. Yeah, just your post- top <laughs>
1: three of your top five yeah. Spotify songs are from directly from exactly. Wynonna so, And that episode aired pretty late in 2020 for you to like
0: it get it. It aired in...
1: August. <laughs> well, and they do that list in November. So in four months, yeah, you I'm listen a, to that song so much.
0: I'm a music girl too. Like all I do is listen to music. So yeah. it, it is like thousands and thousands of minutes. I just, especially listening to Cat and Dominique talk about how they went about to shoot that because it's obviously really important for representation. And I've just heard a lot of people say like, God, if if this type of representation for the entire Way Hot relationship, that scene when, when I was younger, if that yeah. was on TV, like. Like, so it wasn't through the male gaze, right? It was no, like- No,
1: it wasn't. It, it's What's hot about it is how much they clearly love each other. Oh and God. like, this is like such a well-earned moment. It's not that it's gratuitous in any way. No,
0: I've heard podcasts. I've heard, I've seen video clips of them just saying like, we met up and we talked through every position we were going to do and what are the emotions behind that. And for Nicole, it had been 18 months. For Dom or Waverly, it had been three days. But hell, she was in literally yeah. the garden and going through all this shit. So it's like, how would that differ for each of them? Like, And what kind of intensity and But just, that's what you
1: want in these oh shows. You want God. actors who give a shit about that. It's,
0: I remember like the moment I watched that for the first time, it was just like... I don't have anyone to talk to about this. Like, this is devastating. Okay, I know exactly the date this aired, August 2nd, because August 3rd is my best friend Bridget's, aka the girl I stayed in the hotel room with. And it was her birthday the next day. And we were all at her house. And I was like, I watched the best thing last night and told everybody about it. Everyone was like, Cool. <laughs> like, poor Bridget has been on this experience with me because I'm just like, listen. I'm pretty sure I got drunk the other night at her house and was putting on, like, way-hot montage videos, 3 a.m. And she was like, what is this? I just love it. Shout-out to Cam who makes all these insane YouTube videos. It's literally They're art. They're really the good. Best. You sent me some I of send them. I sent right? yeah. everyone that... She did, like, a bunch of tribute ones. She should be hired to do the promos for shows because yeah. she literally... I don't know how... People's brain works that way with molding different scenes and make and like having them be such well done parallels like you put four seasons into a seven minute video and I am ruined <laughs> yeah like i'm absolutely ruined by this it, it's just the best episode it's so funny and nicole and uh winona's relationship and friendship in the beginning is great the addition of rachel eve is so good but really Caporel was amazing as Eve. she had to stand in the middle of a room naked and then with like a flower bikini on and act her ass off in front of like all these people and and i've heard her say that that was harder than actually doing the sex scene with Dom because her and Dom were so comfortable together that, and like they choreographed it and you're with somebody so it's different versus being just like so totally in the middle of a room alone. And I'm yeah. just like props to her because she really stepped the fuck up this season. I thought she was incredible. Okay, so just in a way where I'm I'm going to be a little, like, girly. I am in love with Waverly. Yeah. I'm truly in love with Waverly. The whole series, how could you not be? She's perfection. She's beautiful. She's smart. She's funny. She's everything, whatever. Season four, I was like, do I like Nicole? <laughs> no. I'm like, who am I in love with? You're going like, to get
1: into a throuple like, with I, them.
0: I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> I really am just like, these two characters, like, mean so much to me. I'm in love with both of them.
1: The shows that stick with you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah. The Magicians is a great show. Yeah. But like what's great about The Magicians is watching it and being like, I want to be friends with Elliot. I want to be friends with Quentin. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there are shows I watch Seinfeld. I don't want to be friends with any of Fuck those people. Jerry. You know what I mean? Like I have no interest <laughs> in that. But like this. Yeah. Like I would watch it and I was like, you know what? I would love it. If, like, Nicole and Waverly were, like, those cool neighbors next door that I could, like, go and hang out at their house every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And, like, you don't have to get into crazy adventures. You're just, like, chilling on the couch watching a TV show yeah. with them. Like, they are the people that you want to spend yep. time with. Oh, and my that's God. Be- the be- when TV's at its best, it's a show about people you want to spend time with.
0: Oh, my God clip that i love that <laughs> that's so good the rest of 4a is just the introduction yeah. of the clans which i love too because they are a real family as well and i i loved that addition and i really liked how they wrapped it up with uh, one of course nicole made a deal and it got like docking ball whatever it was it helped get it did help get them out of the garden so it all yeah. ended up being okay but I actually really loved, and I think it ties in so well with Wynona and her struggles of having this herb curse and not having a choice, right? So for us, Wynona is our hero. And we're like, fuck the herb curse. Like, this blows. It's putting so much weight on Wynona's shoulders, whatever. But in that final episode where Cleo becomes the heir, or the penultimate when Cleo becomes the heir, and is like, they didn't tell me that the Reapers are with me Every second of the day And they're just Wanting revenge Ma'am didn't tell me That you are just Being poisoned Like no wonder Ma'am was such A fucking dick It's been 150 years But she's still Obsessing over the OK Corral Because all of their Ancestors are Reapers in her head Blah 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 Whatever it is Like I just thought That was so well done Being like Why are the Clintons So invested in this Like 150 180 year old Feud And I really loved that Again like science fiction Rooted in truth Is so fun for me
1: Here's the thing
0: Legacy's a bitch.
1: Earp curse fucking sucks. Yes. The Earp curse brought so much good into all those characters' lives. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
0: But you're also always going to find good things after a bad thing and yeah. then and then apply that phrase to it. You know oh, what I for mean? for sure.
1: Winona would have never met Doc. Yeah. Waverly probably never would have gotten with Nicole. All of these things happened because of this really shitty curse that was ruining someone's life. Yeah. And like once they got through it, once they got past... All of the baggage, mm-hmm. it like opened up the this beautiful life, yeah, for them. Well,
0: Nicole says in season three, like everything good I have is because I came back to the Ghost River Triangle, and then when she became the agent, Agent Shield, wow. Uh, Angel <laughs> Shield, she says, like everything I love is already here. Like yeah. I don't need anything more because, of course, now she's bound to the Ghost River Triangle. But she has Waverly, she has Winona, she has Doc and Jeremy and everyone else, and and this town. She's the sheriff and she loves it. And it's like I don't need anything else. I'm good. Episode six cliffhanger really is that Winona kills Holt. Yeah, and Holt is a human being, and not a demon which is insane they really did a great job at having doc see wyatt on those old-timey tapes and Wyatt's like just pretty much shit-talking doc being like i'll just roll him mo- off or whatever whore he was enjoying at the moment and important someone who need to get got like yeah. <laughs> shot clean through whatever and basically it was be like doc shot first at the okay crown doc was like no i fucking didn't like yeah. i did not do that whatever and that is like the turning point of doc he's like Wait a second. Doc was bad in season three. He was a vampire. He was doing bad shit. He bit Rob. He was like tried to kill Robin. Like he did kill Charlie, even though Charlie came back to life as as Waverly's dad, whatever it is. Like Doc had a rough season three, but this season four, like Doc really had a change of heart and was like, I need to do better. I need to. I can't keep living in the past. I can't keep being who I am. And then in that same moment, he's having these realizations and having these conversations with Holt, where Holt's like why are we like letting something that happened 150 years ago, like curse the rest of our lives and the rest of our family's lives? Like let's make it better for the, for the Clintons and the Erps that have our names moving forward, whatever. And doc was full in and then she shoots him. I was like, no. And I had to sit on that for like six months to see what the fallout would be of like, damn, she just killed a human being before the proposal. When they're on the porch, and Doc and Winona are having that conversation and it is intense. It's one of some of the best acting on the show. And Winona's like, we're the same. Like you're, you're a fuck up just like me. And he's like, I don't want to be a fuck up anymore. Yeah. She's downward spiraling and he's upward spiraling at that point. And she's really going to bring him down back to his natural self. And he doesn't want to be that. He wants to be better.
1: You've benefited from pretty much only knowing post therapy, Matt. Okay. But there was like a really, there was a bad four years, I would say, where like, Therapy was absolutely needed. I wasn't getting it. Sure. But I had friends who I absolutely loved. They were great friends. But the the main thing that we mostly did was sit around and bitch about other people behind their back.
0: And that was negative energy.
1: That was negative energy. Yeah. Then I started doing the therapy stuff. And I started like meditating. And I started going on walks. And I started to have this really upbeat, positive outlook on on life. Pandemic has really thrown a fucking wrench into a lot of that. Yeah. But I was doing really great. And I found that I couldn't hang out with these people anymore. Yeah. Because they were still the people who wanted to sit around and bitch about their problems and not do anything about it. And
0: you back into the habits where you didn't want to be anymore. And
1: that's the thing. It was like, it wasn't healthy for me. So that's what I always think of with that specific scene in that conversation is like you said, winona has got a lot of issues <laughs> Yeah, that still need to be worked out. Love you, out.
0: girl. Love you, but you got issues.
1: And they don't really address it. Like, this isn't a show about, like, Winona finding therapy and quitting drinking.
0: Well, 4B is, I would argue that at least they attempt to address it. They attempt
1: to. Yeah. But, you know what I mean? Like, but that's not really what the point of the show is. Right. I agree. I think it's more real that, like, we don't get that piece of the story Mm -hmm. yet. We can sit there and hope. We can hope that, like, now that Winona's kind of free from this curse and has this, like, actual relationship with someone who loves them and has... Her relationship with her sister is the healthiest it's ever been. That, like, she doesn't need to be just whiskey soaked all the time. Anymore. I know,
0: but honestly, I would say she's completely downward spiraling until the finale. And, yeah. and so they have this devastating moment. And I, I think, my goodness gracious, what an amazing last chunk before the episode ends and a great way to end 4A because of the pandemic. So they have this argument. The last thing Wynona whispers in Doc's ear is the Clintons wanted to buy Alice and just like Mike dropped it. It's like, yes, she shot a human. She killed a human, whatever it is. But like she also had this little bit of information, which also didn't help in the moment. Like Rosita said, the reason I want to steal your baby is because the Clintons wanted to buy that said baby. Yeah. Alice. Right. And the most gorgeous proposal all in by Desiree Dawson. It is an amazing song. And they're cutting to Winona and Doc just devastated, right? Yeah. But happy for uh, this beautiful proposal that's happening in in front of them. There's so much, so many emotions, especially for me, right? Like Waverly. It's a lot of
1: great juxtaposition.
0: Such great juxtaposition, and Waverly has come so far, right? Yeah. Their first kiss, she is like i need you nicole i i need you to say something or do something because i don't know what i'm doing and yeah and nicole's like i'm sure you do and she has just be had come so far to where nicole was about to propose and she said no let me yeah like and and technically she did attempt to propose at the end of season three but this was just perfect and beautiful with that fire behind them and then winona just sobbing with a shot in her hand and doc Like, taking his hat on and being really happy and then just slowly walking out of the door. Like, they're both... Their hearts are shattered into a million pieces while the other two, it's the happiest moment of their lives. And Nicole just finally got over the frogs and everything. Like, she'd been tortured for six episodes straight and Nicole did a great job. Caparel played it so well that she had to play, like, okay, I was alone for 18 months. I'm having issues. Like, I'm not the same person you left 18 months ago or three days ago for... Waverly but that end scene I've watched just by itself maybe 50 times it's so it's such a good like five minutes to revisit so intense and like packs such a amazing emotional punch fuck me what a good proposal
1: so do we want to I feel like we kind of covered a pretty decent chunk of the Halloween episode do we want to just dive into the finale
0: I'm gonna say my lines that I really like
1: okay go for it okay
0: so first of all (laughs) I just think Mel, as Wynonna, is obviously really funny, but yeah. always, at all times. Dom, as Waverly, was hilarious in this episode. She was shocking me with how funny she was being, and, like, some some of the, like throwaway lines when she she's just like she puts on the cop outfit and she's like why no no they're like looking at each other like waverly and 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 they're just like i'm a cop like i punched that guy like my my training just kicked in like and just and is like you're bossy this makes so much sense and they just like love each other even though they have no idea who they are i love when they first step in the fog and waverly is a, a ladybug and Wynona is britney spears and waverly looks at her and goes are you late for school and she goes Horror school, <laughs> but I, I don't have too many in this one because the whole episode is funny. I would just be writing. Yeah, the you dialogue. just literally
1: be like watch the forty five minute episode. But
0: R I P really love Casey Chili Kokoff, aka Kimchi from Kim's Convenience. So he's good. so funny, and he he was funny in four A when he was in the cell with Winona, and was so fucking funny. But I love when he writes the note and he just goes P S dance like nobody's watching. Yeah. <laughs> it only works because it's him, and he's such a goof. So I don't want to jump straight to the finale. I have a few things. Episode 10 was my favorite at, at a point. Like recency bias for sure. Once I yep. rewatched season four, 4.2 is still my favorite. But 4.10, I was watching with my jaw on the floor. Like opening with Waverly confronting and Nicole having an intervention with Winona was so intense. And her comparing her to her dad. Let's just talk about Winona's life, right? Yeah. In the beginning, you don't really know how how abusive and shitty wa- Ward Earp was, their de- their father, right? Yeah. So mama left when mm-hmm. she was young. She killed her dad. Willa got taken She then had to kill Willa She was tortured her entire childhood Because she thought demons were real And people were like You're insane Yeah When we open in episode one Gus is like You're as broken as they come Nedley's like Why'd you even fucking come back Wynona? Like everybody yeah. hates you Like why did you even come back like, She has lived a very tortured life I, have, I am not surprised She said fuck you purgatory And bounce It went to Greece Right yeah. Then she comes back Had to kill Willa Had to give up Alice Has this curse on her back She has to kill countless demons And now people as well She has just lived this awful life, and despite that, it's like, yeah, she drinks, but it's like, she has all of this on her shoulders.
1: She's got a lot going on. And
0: Waverly comparing her to Ward is like such a cheap shot and was the only time in the whole series I was like, Waverly! Jolene's one of my favorite episodes in season three. And I just love that it was like depression personified. Yeah. And I just love the difference in, in the Waverly that Jolene was talking to in each episode. Because Waverly has grown so much since the last time she talked to Jolene and she had to like fight tooth and nail, just be like, I'm here and I stay. And she was like, not very tough against you. Doing the best that she can. And then in this episode, she's like, Fuck you, Jolene. But at the same time, Jolene's making some pretty good points, being like, these are all the people that Wynona the souls that she's had to snuff out while you're giggling in Nicole's arms, and you're just like, yeesh, dude. Yeah. Content-wise, it's incredible. It's really, I mean, just amazing. An amazing episode. Both of them are amazing. I'm, I'm getting to the point where I've watched it so many times that I, I love... And I've seen so many behind the scenes, and I've seen the actors talk about these scenes, and it's like there's just a camera in your fucking face at your most vulnerable. Like it's just so impressive to me. I- I'm getting to the point where I can appreciate the scenes as from like they had to act this, and yeah. I'm like, whoa, you're these being are able people to step good. out.
1: I mean, that's comes with I think just watching a lot of anything is like you yeah. start to realize like I've never seen a camera do that before. Exactly. I've never seen someone emote like that. Yes, like, yes, you do pick up on this stuff, whether like you're schooled in it or not you might not know the words that you're supposed to use to describe it but you know you fucking know good when you see it
0: yeah (laughs) that's exactly how i am and like when we talked to kapil i was like i i know what you're saying i felt that but i couldn't articulate that Like no way. I mean, that just leads into Dark Waverly, and wow, yeah. whoa, baby, sexy Dark Waverly, <laughs> fuck me up with that low <laughs> register. Are You kidding me? I I assumed that was like done after the fact. I assumed Dom wasn't like, why not a herb?
1: Yeah, <laughs> your I'm journey sure. is
0: over, but mine has just begun.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's that's ADR. The post,
0: <laughs> it's post. Yeah, but damn, so good. And coming off those three, very very funny, very genre based. TV episodes coming into these very intense like the intervention into Waverly and Jolene into 11 is just so crazy with Doc becoming the Clanton air and that that scene with Winona is out of control, emotional and intense and Nicole becoming the angel shield. It's just like, oh, my God, they really just wrapped everything up, didn't they?
1: Yeah, they really get. It gets intense towards the end. Like, yeah. uh, I I remember there was a point, I think I texted you at one point. I'm like, I don't know how they're going to wrap all this up in like 45 minutes, but they did it.
0: Classic feminist Winona Earp is like essential Winona Earp is Waverly yelling at Jolene, like, save your patronizing mouth garbage. I can be a hero and a wife. Yeah. Drop. Mike, drop. Uh, uh.
1: I can literally point to where I was when that line was said because yeah. I was putting together the DVD shelf and had the laptop right next to me while I was like putting it together and I remember just being like, oh shit! <laughs> like,
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's just such a dark difference between the first time she meets Jolene and the second time. Yeah, But those episodes are really fucking good. Mel and Tim just have such amazing chemistry and when he is the clan there and he's like, Calling her a bitch, being like, or the fucking child dies, pointing the gun at Rachel. Like, Winona crying at Dark Angel Waverly, being like, don't go. Like, I c- don't leave. Don't leave me. I don't want to say it's not acting because it's obviously incredible acting, but especially in the finale, those tears, I'm sure, flew easily. Like, all they had to do was think about the fact that it was the finale, and they were just sobbing so hard. Yeah. Season four felt like a big jump up, right? It, it just did. It doesn't mean I love one, two, and three any less. It's just four is just... It is brand new. It felt so different and colorful and
1: It feels like they knew that this was it. And it's kind of one of those things where it's like, look, if this is going to be your swan song, you're going to give the best fucking performance. Yeah. But even of your
0: visually life. it felt different. It was well, that's gorgeous. I mean. I
1: mean from every like every angle of it, every yeah. angle of it. They were like if we're going out, we're not going to go out as the show that like didn't make a big statement. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they It is a noticeably different, it's a brighter
0: show. Yeah. Okay, so we haven't really talked about the fact that, like, the Earpers in general are crazy amazing fandom. Like, I've been a part of the 100 fandom. I've been a part, I've tried to be a part of the Magician's fandom. No one's like the Earpers. They have tens of cons that are just Earp specific that are huge like erper cons all over the world they have they really? they're just a tight ty- yeah there's so many That's insane 99 of the world 99.9 percent of the world has no idea what why erp is no. right that 0.1 to that 0.1 which i am in these actors are our a list like top a list not even just like in the realm of a list like they are our number ones yeah. right as actors like you don't get that unless you're actual a-listers <laughs> you don't get that like i implore everyone to go buy like a season on either itunes or google play it comes with 12 for each episode it has a behind the scenes and everyone knows everyone says like listen we understand that we're never going to get this again like yeah. this family and this fun of a show like jeremy um varoon says like i assume when the people who are shooting lord of the rings looked at each other and were like this is a a once-in-a-lifetime thing. He's like, this is my Lord of the Rings. I know I'm never going to get this again. I would just drop dead if I ever saw one of them in the wild. I would just absolutely (laughs) drop dead. I don't know what I would do. I would just... And I know that these are the type of people who would, like, love if someone came up to them and was like, I'm an herper in the wild, which is, like, the best because... A lot of times I wouldn't ever bother anybody, but really this show just means so much to me. I'd be like, all I would be like is like, listen, Winona changed my life. I'm a different person from watching it. I really am. I'm.
1: That's really what this whole thing. Like, as much as this is Kathleen needed to sit down and talk yeah. about <laughs> Winona Earp. like yeah. I think at its core, this is a celebration of a show that you really liked. But I think it's a celebration of why do we do a podcast about television.
0: Well, we're just different breed. I'm telling you, everyone's inferior. The finale was a perfect hour of television for me. I'm so glad that they decided to do... Okay, we have our bad guy, of the episode, which was Charlotte Sullivan as the Silk Witch, I think they called her. Just so funny it's
1: so funny and resolved so quickly
0: and I'm so glad they did it that way yeah. Bec- and it tied in so nicely like Charlotte Sullivan is like it, there's a little tidbit the fandom like wanted her on for years right she's like another one of those like Canadian legend type yeah. things I think I don't really know. She was on Rookie Blue. I didn't watch that. But apparently, like, her lines weren't scripted to be sung, and she sung them, and her and Melanie are really good friends in real life, so Melanie was, like, breaking all the time and, like, couldn't get through, because it really is funny. She's like, what are you, a cowboy? And he's like, I'm a gunslinger. And she's like, nobody cares. Like, the way she's talking is just so fucking funny, and just the line she's pitching and singing... I- it was really like I was giggling. I didn't even have the connection of being like, oh, Charlotte Sullivan, people love that. Like, whatever. Yeah. Like, when I watch reaction videos, which I, boy, do I yeah. watch YouTube reaction videos. <laughs> Shout out to Marcy. Uh, she's great. Her and the girl Meg she was sitting next to her, were bugging. Like, Meg was bugging out when she saw Charlotte Sullivan pop up on the like bottom left in the <laughs> beginning of the episode. And it was like so cute to watch. I'm like, damn it. I missed that I one. I
1: want you to do me a favor. Because I'll never get to experience this, yeah. So I need for you to paint a picture, and I'm sure the audience wants to hear this painted picture too. Sure. Paint me, you, Friday, nine fifty eight. Okay, so leading into this. what's
0: happened was, like I said, I I finished the whole series leading up, and I finished the finale like midday Friday. I was watching panels. Weirdly enough, my other podcast, Bingetown, was doing our magician's wrap-up that night. Yeah. So I told them, I said, when it's, when the clock starts 9.15, I was at my sister's house, and she lives 20 minutes away from my house. I said, I'm leaving, so we need to start at 7. Of course it went over. And I left. I didn't do the Kill Mary. I didn't do anything. I was like, yeah. I was like, didn't even say bye on the pod. I was just like, I just will be absent. There's yeah. seven of us. I, I I am the only girl, so it's kind of noticeable. But anyway, so I was driving home, listening to Ghost, and all in, and tell that devil, and until it goes down, all the classic Winona songs, and I was pumping myself up, and I poured myself a glass of whiskey, and I said, nobody fucking talk to me, and nobody knock on my door, and nobody ask how the episode's going. I don't want you to talk. Nobody knock. Nobody, I, I will be in the zone I can't talk to you like because in the minutes in between the commercials I am on Twitter at looking at the live tweets like because as soon as the commercial break starts I go on Twitter and I'm like trying to read them all at once and it's really chaotic so yeah I mean I was sitting there holding my breath for the hour and just like totally in love and enamored but also just nervous like it's really hard for me to actually enjoy it because I'm so nervous and sad like that's just how I am as like yeah. an obsessive person but man was it a, just a gorgeous episode it, it couldn't have gotten any better and I couldn't wait for the next morning to go to the gym and watch it that was that's been my routine every Friday I watch it and then Saturday morning I go to the gym and watch it at the gym again so I can like really get all the lines and whatever. And I You're wake like up. I like
1: really obsessed.
0: And I wake up and I read all, I, all the TV I junkie. I did
1: not know that you watched it
0: oh. twice
1: in 24. I
0: watched it four times. I would watch it the next morning and then I would watch it again sometime in the middle of the week. And then I would watch it the hour leading up to the next episode. I'm not kidding. I just think it gets better every time and it gets me in the mood to watch the next episode. This is
1: why I've said this in text message. This is why you are so easy to love as a person.
0: (laughs) Oh, I get obsessed with actual humans this much, too. I'm a very <laughs> obsessive personality. Oh my God, it's stupid. Okay, let's get back into it. So, Charlotte was really good. I love that that wrapped up. It was really cute, and I love that that was kind of like, Wynona is in love with Doc. The Silk Witch kind of was like, the dress would only do that if you really love somebody. And Doc's like, <laughs> word? Yeah, word? <laughs> like, what's up? But my first cry of the episode was when Waverly asked Doc to be her best man. Killed me. Killed me. I mean, she's like, you're not perfect, but you're you're trying every day to be better and that makes you the best man. And I'm like, you better stop, sis. What the fuck? Because I was like, Jeremy's going to be her best man. And they even say that in the season prior. I'm glad it, it, it was Jeremy officiating the wedding, Doc standing up, and then Wyn- Wynona standing up for Nicole. I think that was perfect. Uh, but Winona watching... Waverly ass from the trailer was beautiful like in the dress just like just so funny and goofy um that was my first cry my second cry was Nicole asking Nedley to walk her down the aisle because he's been there for forever the where you go I go banner is like perfect callback um the vows were incredible the bulletproof vest yeah I mean I love the how would you think about the chairs with all the names on the chairs
1: so I'm looking I I pulled up our text conversation Uh defined some of my thoughts while I was watching it the line that hit me to my core Mm -hmm. was in love You are a coward.
0: Do you have the first part where he's like, on the battlefield, you were the truest warrior hero. I just wrote, in love,
1: love, you are a coward. But in
0: love, you are a coward. Yeah, devastating. That's Doc.
1: crushed me. Yeah, yeah. And then apparently, I don't even remember this, but it just says, Opa, with a bunch of exclamation points and said, I'm crying at the strangest points in this episode.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so that's actually a cool nod because Winona had just got back from Greece when she came back in the first episode, right? And then kind of the thing between her and Dolls was that she had a necklace that they found. That's why Dolls like traced it back to Winona in the very beginning and like she leaves it on his grade when he dies. I I just love that they always bring back kind of like the Greece things like Opa! And like in the behind the scenes thing they talk about how amazing that day was to shoot not only was it just the most gorgeous Calgary summer day in the world but like they shot that all day they shot that the Val scene probably a hundred times Yeah, and Varun was like we cried just as much every time. Like it, it was like we were watching them get married for the first time every single time. And that Dom and Kat just put so much care into it. And we're like, even when it wasn't their coverage and like a camera was shooting somebody else, they were just like locked in and just like so in love with each other. And even Dominique was like, if I never get married at least I had this perfect TV wedding. Like it was perfection.
1: What's the, so I'm trying to remember the chairs
0: though. The chairs had everyone's like dolls. It had Mercedes. It had Robin. The chairs had just name tags on them. Which was it, which was really cool because it was a last minute edition and the, on the day of because they had a bunch of chairs and everyone was like, there's only three people at this wedding. We shouldn't have all these chairs. Right. And so yeah. they, so they put name tags at the last second of all the f- people who have fallen or like, like yeah. it had anchor or people who couldn't show up like Charlie or dollars. That's or really Gus. sweet. Yeah. Okay.
1: I, I yeah. forgot about that. The line that I think did it for me just based on the text messages was you're my whole heart.
0: Fuck me up.
1: Yeah, but it's the way it's said, too. It's said through tears. I just could... I was done.
0: Mel is Sobbing in that, that yeah. scene, she's legitimately can't get the words out. She's like, You're my, whole." Like, that's ah! what I mean.
1: It's the way that it said that, like, made me start crying as well. Like, yeah. it was just like, I can't deal with how emotional this is.
0: So many sweet, cute nods. Another great one is uh, Rachel singing Wildwood by Flurry, which is the song that plays the first time Way Hot Kisses. Yeah, I wish that <laughs> I could have seen. The fandom, because I lived it. I mean, I know it's like as soon as I'm wide-eyed and it's midnight, it came out of Rachel's mouth and just like all the way hot shippers across the world just died (laughs) at once. Like everyone's heart just stopped beating at once. The care they took in this episode is without even beating you over the head with it, like you wouldn't, like I'm sure you didn't even notice that. Like it's, that's the cute nod and an amazing nod for people who really fucking care and pay attention. But it's also just a great song and it's a beautiful song. And Rachel, she's a singer, so they worked it in, which That's is just awesome. great. Yeah, Martinez is, is great. So I think the rest is just Doc and Winona stuff. I just really, I didn't know if they were going to get together. Yeah. I was fucking freaked out. Like, <laughs> But his speech about like, they say life is short, but it's long and it's lonely. And if you can like find your people and find one specifically... That'll like elevate you. And so I was like shivering. I was so like, holy fuck. And when he goes, I wouldn't change a note like because she apologized he's like i'm so sorry for all the ways i heard you and he's like i wouldn't have changed a note and i'm like okay that actually my throat is closing up <laughs> and i might die
1: we got to talk about the mailboxes
0: yeah i mean it's just the greatest ending of all time like it's the sweetest and i don't know if you noticed this but winona before she puts on the dress was carving the w- yeah, yeah i did notice yeah that. so she was carving nicole's and then uh, sometimes holiday and everyone's welcome and everyone just took that as like that's what this fandom is all about. It's about found say, family.
1: That last yeah. part. I made the mistake of hopping on Twitter. So I knew that it ended with the mailboxes yeah. because you had posted something. No, sure. it's gorgeous. Yeah. And that but like I guess I saw it and I was like shit and like closed my phone real quick. Yeah. So I didn't see the everybody's welcome uh-huh. portion and like when that hit like I was like that really is what like this show It's such an inclusive show So
0: a line in season one That people really stick with Before they ever Hook up Way hot um, Nicole and Winona Get like kind of taken And Nicole is in The hospital And Dallas like What do you remember or, What's the last thing you saw And she's like Waverly Earp Smiling at me From her front porch So the fact that the end scene is them smiling at each other on their front porch and it just pans to that is like a cool nod yeah winona and doc going to see alice is like the greatest thing of all time and then her just look at him and saying i'm all in which is the note he gave her when yeah. she was pregnant i just loved the whole erp sister moment where first she's scolding him her by grabbing her by the and being like fuck you, fuck you fuck you fuck you fuck you not you honey sweetie yeah. whatever <laughs> and then pulls her in and just they just have this like devastating moment where she's like do you want to go because winona has been carrying all this her whole life and and Waverly's finally giving her permission to be like we got this go like go get your happily ever after I just got mine and we can hold it down and I know you'll be back like the growth between the Herb Sisters from episode one where Winona, like Waverly just like Brings her in like so happily, and Wynona's like patting her on the back. They ha- she hadn't been home in a while. They were like disconnected, and by the end, where like everything she does in the series is for Waverly. Like literally everything she does, she's yeah. her number one. Waverly's priority number one always. That moment of Waverly being like my. Greatest fear was that you would never know the real me. But now I know you always will It's just yeah. gorgeous writing and being like, go, like, go get him!" Doc getting on the back of her bike is the coolest yeah. fucking thing I've ever seen.
1: That whole scene is so beautiful. Uh, I mean, a beautiful moment in a beautiful episode of what I have learned to love is just a beautiful show. The
0: rewatch value only gets better. And I've even rewatched panels three or four times that i really like well that's because
1: you're a sociopath but (laughs) i
0: truly am it's it's just like listen to a podcast again you know like i genuinely appreciate their responses and not only are they talking about my favorite show in the world but
1: they're your favorite people talking about your favorite show that and
0: they're just like giving really great life advice and like ways they worked through their anxiety and ways they like it's just like they're inspiring people and they're good people and you could tell. Okay, I guess the last thing we'll talk about is if it were to get picked up, what would you want? For me, I would I think Eve was not wrapped up. I could yeah. So, I would want a time jump. I definitely would want some sort of time jump. Um obviously like Doc and Winona need their time to like go out. I wouldn't want it to be like fresh off the wedding. I just think it would be like too soon to ruin that happily ever after. Like, give me a time that's, jump.
1: That's almost why I'm hesitant to even say, oh, there should be more. Because it is like it's Well, that's hard. kind of the question too. I know, because it's one of those things where it's like it's so hard when it's so rare to get such a good, satisfying ending where you wouldn't want to change a thing about it. Yeah. That it's like the second that you do episode one of season five you've now raised the bar to justify an even better ending than what you've got. I've
0: seen them talk about this. Like I've seen them say it and they all treated it like it was goodbye. They were like, God forbid we don't treat this like this is goodbye because they had no idea. And they were kind of expecting a pickup after this, which is shocking because of how well they wrapped it up and how gorgeous of, of an ending and everyone got there happily ever after. My opinion is, you can't ever get better than that only because it's all I know and it was one of the most perfect finales I've ever seen. But I always want more and I think that they, it doesn't have to be better, it just has to be the same. It just has to be kind of on the same bar as that I, I mean again i don't know how they could possibly top this and these I do emotions agree that it i'm needs,
1: feeling it needs to be a time jump though you need like need a good it. yeah it, and i mean like a big ass time jump i, would I don't say mean five like to 10 i was literally about to say five years at, at minimum yeah like it needs yeah. to be that, alice
0: would be like an eight-year-old
1: well i was gonna say if you wanted to get real wild you could jump all the way to alice turning 27
0: well that's what people say i yeah. mean Emily Andrus is like known for being like I have so much more herb story to tell yeah and of course she she keeps saying like if I knew we had a five the way hot wedding would have been in season five I would have would have been no need to rush it but she's like for the fans they deserve this they earned this wedding I'm giving it to them I don't care
1: like there's so much that you can do with these characters with this world that keeps us connected And you can just do like side stories. Like, you could do, you could literally do an entire comic book series with no Winona. Well, you know, there
0: is a comic book series. Yeah, I do know there's, yeah.
1: But you could do a whole run. Where there's no wine owner Waverly, and you're just showing us what was happening for those 18 months.
0: Okay, th- that's something I wanted to talk about as well. Yeah. I would have loved more of that, more of what Nicole and Rachel were going through. I mean, yeah. they gave us a lot, but I just wanted more Caparel. Honestly, I thought yeah. she was incredible. But I think
1: you can. I think that there's more that you can do fleshing out characters in other mediums than risking ruining how good this ending was.
0: I know the Binge Town Boys are so c- crazy with asking the question. Would you have rather? Okay, so the magicians, would you have rather ended it at season 4 with that like big sacrifice that I won't spoil for yeah. anybody. Or, or not have that season five. I'm like, fuck you. That season five was amazing. Yeah, season five, like, or the hundred. Would you have rather ended it at season five? Which I think is a little bit of a better argument, but still, fuck no. I am such a loyal, blindly loyal fan that I'm like, give me more. I will watch them sit at a dinner table and do nothing.
1: I'm the opposite in the sense of like, and the example I use time and time again, and it's a show that I adore, but like, how I met your mother. From the Jump was clearly a show that was supposed to be two to three seasons. While I love that show and I pretty much love every season, there's not really a season I dislike. I do feel like, man, there are points where I'm just like, get to the fucking point yeah. with ted's story you know yeah I mean? like,
0: totally yeah this is kind of a weird one because they fought for a four and we deserved that and needed that but this ties up so well that it's hard to if it doesn't get picked up i won't be devastated um i'm trying really hard to i i am devastated period that's just kind of how it is but i'm trying really hard to be like i get so much enjoyment out of these rewatches and these panels and these podcasts I will always be able to get that same amount of joy. I'm telling you, I rewatched this fucking two weeks ago, and yeah. I did it again this week, and I was like amazing. Yeah,
1: I mean, I would more happily take a sixth season of The Magicians because I feel like
0: new Fillery and they need to come back together. Yeah, I was
1: gonna say I feel like it was an ending, but it wasn't like totally. It, agree it wasn't with that. like a period at the end of a sentence. This feels like a period at the end of a sentence.
0: Yeah, I know it's tough. I'm glad they didn't risk it, and I'm glad they gave us gave us a period at the end of the sentence, regardless of what happens. I'm honestly shocked by it by myself. Like this takes my obsession to a new level and I understand that by speaking it into the world yeah. on this podcast tonight. But, but the, like,
1: all of this has been sitting in your brain or in your I know. phone. So like it's yeah. finally like, out I just
0: think, like, any ERPers who want to be my friend, shout me out at K Spengler. I would love to talk to you. If anyone who didn't watch the show listened all the way through this, is, you're fucking nuts. But it will, if you put the time in, it's like the most fulfilling, satisfying feeling in the world and just like a love fest. Like, I've only felt just pure joy becoming an ERPer just reading people's tweets and all day long it's like after every meeting i'm like can't wait to refresh my twitter and see all like the crazy gifts that people are tweeting <laughs> and like hashtag bring winona home i'm like yeah bitch let's go
1: you're gonna start getting into the fucking winona erp slash fiction that i'm sure is out dude there. i've
0: been reading fan fiction <laughs> for a year i was reading i fell asleep reading one last night that's what
1: i mean you're gonna there's always gonna be new things to add to like keeping this in your life as new fresh content
0: yeah the fan fiction the one i'm reading right now is like 88 chapters (laughs) i'm on chapter 34 of this fan fiction i don't even read also it just made me realize i think i need glasses i'm like on my phone I, i had to tilt it sideways and zoom because A O three is like so small, and I was like, I've always had twenty twenty vision. And I was like,
1: maybe not anymore. Bro,
0: what's <laughs> happening with my eyeballs? I can't read this fucking sexy fanfiction. <laughs> 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 oh my god, it's like it's not. All, it's so funny because some of it's so like fluff and and like actual story and like whatever, and then other times it just goes into like, whoa, baby, this chapter's smut town. <laughs> that's the good thing about this fandom. There's like endless amounts. Yeah,
1: not every fandom has that. No, no you're gonna be fine
0: my last thing i'll say about just about the erpers in general is that like as i follow more people and get get into like marcy does the live reactions which i love they're so funny also does supergirl reactions so now i watch supergirl reactions even though (laughs) i don't need that because i'm obsessed with it but this season is like killing me right now i'm like jesus christ but now i'm like watching it for super but but my point is all these people watch all the same shows as me. Yeah, it's it's so funny because the thread is obviously like an LGBTQ, like like that's the heart of all these fandoms. Yeah, which I love, but it's like it's like the hundred Supergirl, blah, blah blah. The the people that I'm finding are watch all the same shows as me, and I've never found anybody like that that watches those specific set of shows. And the people I'm following are also tweeting about that. And I'm like, yo, we could be friends.
1: Friendship unlocked.
0: Yeah, I know. Thanks for listening to that. That was crazy. That was a good conversation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I told you it was going to be fine.
0: Yeah. TV's the best. We should start a podcast.
1: This has been my favorite episode of my favorite episode of is produced by Matt Kelly as part of the Geekscape Network and hosted by Julie and Kathleen. Check out our show notes for all of our socials and email us at my favorite episode podcast at gmail.com rate review and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting apps. And we'll be back next week with a new episode of my favorite episode of.